Live from Crestview Studios, Florida, it's the Dave and Duke Collin Show. And now here's your co-host, Speak Free Radio owner David Gahari and the incomparable Dr. David Duke. Limber up your dialing fingers. All right, folks. Hope you can hear me out there. I don't know. I never know. But let's see. Let's see if, uh, uh, you know, I am coming through. Am I coming through? Let me know, somebody. Anyone. Because it's tough to tell because you just don't know sometimes. And let me see. Ah, good. I am. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. All right. Well, see that? A little rusty. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. A little rusty after uh, taking a couple of weeks off. Uh, but uh, we are here just in time. And this is Dave Gahari, and you're listening to the Dave and Duke Call-In Show on speakfreeradio.com. And... We had a little mess up uh, a couple of weeks ago. Of course, we've been off for the last two weeks. And we had one show that didn't record. Well, it only recorded like a minute. And so I guess nobody had that show recorded on their own to get it to us. So it's showing that we are show 63, so that we've done 63 shows. Um. So this is going to be, I guess, the 64th, and as I usually do every week, I go through uh, the routine of um, explaining that folks can listen to this show on on speakfreeradio.com, on their computer, or on their phone, and if you want to listen on the computer, it's right there on your web browser, and you'll see the little black a triangle on its side. Uh, and what that is, is that's the play button. So uh, you can listen to it on there. If you want to come in, or first let me say this, if you're on a phone, you could click the little cell phone icon. And that's how you listen to it on the phone, because it's a little different uh, than listening to it on the computer. Um, it's pretty cool, though. It works just as well. And as you can see from the Speak Free Radio Dot com website on the right hand side there's a photograph one of the listeners took as they were passing by the Crestview exit and you can see on their dashboard there they have SFR playing and it looks like they're listening to the Dave and Duke call-in show uh, so that must have been a um, a rerun a repeat uh, uh, because because um, we were off for the last two weeks so uh, if you want to come in to the show, you can click on call and chat and uh, you can click on the show icon. That'll bring you right into the studio in the waiting room. If you want to listen to the older shows, uh, the podcast, you click on podcasts and that'll bring up all of those shows. It's not just the Dave and Duke call and show, but it's a bunch of other shows as well. So 
in the call and chat, it has all the live shows here and the podcast that has every show that's ever been on that's been podcasted um, or archived, whatever you want to call it. And following this show, uh, there's more programming. And then at 11 to 1, you've got Incendiary Radio with Robert Rayvolt. And then, of course, it starts all over again uh, after that. So this is a 24-7 radio station. And uh, we are here for you uh, to get the news that uh, you don't get from the captured, corrupt regime media. Speaking of which, I'm reading a great book that I will recommend called Perversion of Justice, the Jeffrey Epstein story. Is it Epstein or Epstein? I don't know. But at any rate, this is by an uh, investigative reporter at the Miami Herald and this is the, and it's not a new book. It came out a couple of years ago, but um, it, it's important because you can see uh, that somebody like this investigative reporter, who on her own she decided to dig into this story because the captured media uh, and uh, the other assorted parts to the regime. Uh, we're more interested in covering up uh, the crimes of this um, pedophile, this Jewish pedophile, than taking care of the victims. They actually attacked the victims. And if it wasn't for this one reporter who decided to write about it and got the clearance, then this story would have never been broken. And, and she, the way she writes is really great. Um, you know, it's just real personal and it really gives you great insight into the life of a reporter. Uh, you know, how it's, it's a very difficult, not a very well paying job. Uh, but it's so important because, uh, and, and this, this type of stuff is not rewarded, obviously, in this society. Uh, you know, Epstein is, um, you know, rewarded, but, uh, this type of stuff is not. It's a shame. But at any rate, here we go. So, uh, the way it's going to work, this show, as it always does, is that anyone from anywhere in the world can call up and ask a question or comment for Dr. David Duke. And then he has two minutes to answer. And, uh, about 15 seconds before uh, the two minutes runs out, you'll hear this NBC chime that he requested. And then on the two-minute mark, again, and, and also, or and again, uh, this isn't, um, you know, set in stone because if we've got just a few people in the studio waiting room uh, and – and or the question is one that might require more than two minutes, uh, then we will break that two-minute rule, right? And we we often do. Or is it often do? I think it's often do. But at any rate, hope you all had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we are ready to get the show on the road. Dave, how are you doing, my friend? Just fine, uh, Dave. Right. 
<laughs> right. And we yeah, haven't done Dave's this in a while. Today. Yeah. 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 I, I do want to comment on what you just said for a moment because I think it's a heck of a way to start the show because there's been a lot of new information coming out on the Epstein uh, partners and the Epstein people who drove this spy ring. And there's just no question it was a spy ring. Everybody around this, everybody that's involved in this thing are Jewish activists for Israel. His lawyer, of course, was Dershowitz, the most famous Jewish advocate in, in the world who puts out his propaganda every day, telling us, for instance, how that, oh, yeah, the uh, that Hamas attack was like a new holocaust and everything, never mentioning the fact that only 30 children, it's actually 29 children, according to the Israeli government, died from the Hamas attack, out of 1,200, and almost half of them were soldiers. You know, it was, it was a military attack, and a lot of the victims were hit by the Israeli military themselves and very carelessly following what they call the Hannibal. Uh, proclamation. And the whole thing is just insane. But if you talk about Epstein, you know, it was Mr. Epstein was a dedicated Zionist. He spoke on Zionism. He gave money to Harvard to get influence over there. Uh, he had a Zionist Mossad spy ring. And the people he inherited it from was Ghislaine Maxwell, who was the daughter of Robert Maxwell. There are whole books on Robert Maxwell giving you the obvious evidence. Now, he's a spy. Israel's not going to come up with any archival evidence, but there's so much evidence that Robert Maxwell was an Israeli spy. In fact, when he had his funeral, they gave for a funeral for him in Israel. He's also a media mogul, which is typical for these Jews. You, you know, it's it's like, it's as if the mafia was controlling all the newspapers and all the television stations. They are. Well, that's right, a Jewish mafia. Yeah. And he was and, a Czech Jew. Right? Yeah, that would make the mafia much more dangerous, wouldn't it? And that's exactly what they do. And um, there's no question about the fact that Epstein was a Jewish advocate, big, giant Jewish advocate. He wore Israeli T-shirts. His One of his partners, the head of the European branch of this, who also had a mysterious, very unlikely suicide, you know, and I hope Epstein's still dead. I guess he is. But, you know, the very mysterious suicide in France who was caught was uh, Luke. And this guy was absolutely uh, a Jew. There's a picture of him at the island right next to Epstein with his Israeli military hat. I mean, you can't make it. You can't make this up. Wexner, the guy that gave him a sixty-five million dollar mansion, one of the biggest and most exclusive mansions in all of New York City, amazing. But it was a perfect James Bond type thriller place to lure famous people in to think that Epstein was. See, they promoted him as a billionaire playboy who was um, was met you know, to be a very powerful political and business person. And so rich people, when they wanted to expand their their knowledge, they would get in touch with him. And then, of course, he was a, even though a lot of rich people, you think they could get some women, but some of them are that bad. There's, there's such nerds that they can't. Uh, a good example is Bill Gates and so many others, right? Uh these people, the people in politics, they always have this appetite for young women and even forbidden partners, even including raping young boys who are homosexual. He even had 
that Hollywood uh, guy uh, who did The Usual Suspects. And whenever I see that movie, I think of the real usual suspects or the Jews. And uh, he even went to the mansion. Uh, he went to, the, not to the mansion, he went to the uh, island, the pedophile island. I'm sure that Epstein supplied him young boys to rape. But all these people, I mean, Wexner gave him the mansion. Now, you're not going to give this guy a $65 million mansion for nothing. And at the Wexner estate, they handled what they have called the, the uh, mega group. The mega group, and it's described by the New York Times, by the uh, Wall Street Journal, as a group of the richest Jewish uh, bankers, politicians, the richest in the world, the most powerful people. I mean, Spielberg was a part of it. Uh, the, the, those, those criminals in, in the, uh, in the gang of the, uh, of the gun runners, you know, and the, and the whiskey runners back in the 1920s. Uh, the Bronfman family, they were all involved in it. Lofner, who's head, who's, he was a member of also the mega group, these Jews. They were all as a pro-Israel Jew to make their billions of dollars go to work for Israel. He was the boss of the World Jewish Congress. And Maxwell himself, when he had his funeral, as I was saying, the six top Mossad leaders were all there at his funeral saying he did a great job for them. In addition, Ehud Barak, I've got another article very recently, in fact, from the Daily Mail, how Ehud Barak, who was former prime minister of Israel and head of Mossad and all these things, he made 32 vision, visits to the mansion in New York. I don't know how many to the island, right? So these were all Jews. Ghislaine was a Jew. Maxwell's real name wasn't Maxwell. It was a cover-up. It was like a British name. So here's this Epstein. He was promoted as a billionaire playboy, kind of a, like a great Gatsby type. And that was to lure other rich people into his confidence. And because they thought he was rich, had the nicest mansion in New York, and he could take him by his private jet to beautiful islands in the Caribbean, and they could fix it. He could fix them up with any kind of woman or young man if they were if they were of that predilection. They obviously, and he was very obvious about his sexual behavior. They had to know about his conviction for pedophilia. Uh, they had to know about that behavior. So these rich people thought, well, surely. You know, it was he was a safe guy to set them up with because he could be destroyed too if they told on him. If they if, if he could hold that over you, then you could hold it over him. But he wasn't worried about that because he had friends in high places, as it said. So you know, this Jewish cover up of this very obvious global Jewish Mossad. So we're talking about Ehud Barak, former head of Israel, he who was a business partner of Epstein, Dershowitz his lawyer that got him out with the, the deal. The three lawyers in his case before court, shortly before he uh, committed, quote, unquote, suicide, were all three Zionist Jews, leading Zionist Jews. Wexner, the guy that gave him the mansion. Laufer was head of the World Jewish Congress. All of these were acquaintances and close friends of Epstein. Maxwell himself and Ghislaine, who was Maxwell's daughter, who was a spy for Israel. All these people, plus Ari Menashe, who used to be on the Israeli, that's admitted, on the Israeli directorate, swearing and saying that he was the handler for Maxwell in Great Britain, Robert Maxwell, Gillian's father, and that he knew that he was going to carry on the tradition with his daughter and with Epstein. This is a Jewish 
cover-up of the very obvious global Jewish Mossad pedophile blackmail spy room ring. And this is proof not only of the evil of some of these Jews in terms of this horrible ring that destroyed the lives of so many young women and also corrupted other people in the service of Israel and the service of Jewish supremacy globally and the wars of Jewish supremacy. Because if you had this blackmail, as Ari Menashe talks about it, this blackmail, where they could put you in prison for the rest of, the li- of your life, destroy your political career, put you in prison, destroy you in every way, economically, every other way, uh, those people, those corrupt people would do anything. They would go to war and sacrifice American lives for Israel or any other cause. If that, <laughs> pardon me, if that's what that was demanded of them. Right. Yep. And by the way, <laughs> his name, Robert Maxwell, right? He took that, like you said, that nice British name. His, uh, his name that he was born under mm-hmm. was Jan Ludwig Hyman. Benjamin Hawk. Like Benjamin, like Benjamin Netanyahu. Hyman Hawk. H O C. Hawk, yeah, like Now, Benjamin why do they change Netanyahu. their names? I wonder if it's also, if he's going to move in aristocratic circles, he's going to be pretend to be a Britisher in there. He's going to have a British, a real aristocratic British name, like Robert Maxwell, right? Rather than Hyman Hawk. You know, Hyman. It sounds like some sort of... Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're they're all the same. But but let me just say this, Dave, before we get to the calls. Yeah. And thank you for that that information about this this ring, which it was... all Jews. All Jews. The book hasn't gotten into that yet, the page that I'm up to. Um, I'm on page uh, uh, 100 and... uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, maybe 100 or 200. Let me just... Uh, yeah, 123. It looks. I like. had some Jewish clients, and whose whose book you're reading? Um, this is uh, the main Whitney's? Julie K. Brown from the Miami Herald. Oh, Julie K. Brown. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, it's amazing because what is amazing about this is that does he actually go into the Mossad aspect of it? That's what I'm she. Uh, no, that's what I'm saying. Not yet, but but what is amazing up to page 123, it's a 400 and something page book, mm-hmm. is that. One of the things that you will be struck by is that they're all Jews. It's not just the people that you mentioned. But you never but once uses the word Jew, does it? Not yet. Not but yet. Yeah. but well, we're talking go. about the people who are there ostensibly to prosecute him. The district attorneys, who they're all Jews, was Acosta a Jew? Or was, it, was he a Spanish Jew or not? The one that was that did the sweet deal. I don't, know. Uh, but he, I, don't he was, I haven't yeah. found his evidence, but there were some Acostas in Spanish history because right. I know a lot about like the Marianas who uh, were Jews. Yeah, Sephardic uh, Jews. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know if he was. He but I do been. know that he was corrupt. And right. He it doesn't matter. He did what the Jews wanted him to do. And don't I, we can never forget his quote. You know the great quote of his. I probably do. Or Go you, ahead. I know Stay you'll. It. I know you'll be reminded by yeah. when I, I give it to you. He said, he said, I was told by high ups, right, in the State Department, in the American government, and I'm sure they were Jewish. I was told by higher ups that this is a matter of intelligence and this is above your pay grade. Yeah. Just go ahead and get this case disposed of and 
you know, let him go home during the day and continue whatever he's doing right. because okay. this because this is above your pay grade. Right. right. This is okay. this is way above your pay grade. And that's here. exactly what he did. Right. Right. That's exactly what they did. Dave, let's get to the first question. It's not sure. a call. You know, uh, Robert in, in Yuma, I guess he still hasn't gone to the computer store. Right, Robert? Yep. Okay. Um, well, I hope he's Robert working. asks, Dr. Duke, maybe you can do a show with Don Advo dedicated to what we know about the 14th Amendment? Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, Don Advo is a good attorney uh, from the Los Angeles area, and uh, he's done a lot of shows with me. I need to have him on again. And that I think that's an excellent idea. You know, everybody, I'm on the air at 10 a.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And it's also played during the day uh, from the broadcast station. And it's, and it's speak also, free radio. Yeah, it's also yeah, it's also carried in the archives. So you can find all my shows by date. And you can look them up by date by just going to DavidDuke.com and and uh, doing searches for these subjects in the in the radio show section. So Yes. There you go. Okay, great. All right, we got Jimmy. Jimmy, the floor is yours, my friend. Hey, great. Um how you doing, Doctor Dr. Duke and Dave? I'm Jarrett? fine. I'm fine. Great, great. Hey, um, oh, you forgot uh, Waxner um, ran the what was it? Uh, Victoria's Secret. Yeah, Victoria's Secret, which was yeah. a good pipeline for yeah. some of the most beautiful girls ever, which which Epstein got them into the net, and obviously attract attracts a lot of rich, famous people. You know right. who who would who would dream about to have a girl like that, and, and, and a lot donor, of these girls, right? unfortunately, in that industry are willing. Not all of them, of course, are willing to basically prostitute themselves for their career. That's and of course the Jews are famous from that. From whether it be the casting couch or Hollywood, which they make jokes about. I'll never for, forget a a movie uh, about a uh, one of the communist spies uh, back in the McCarthy era. And Hetty Hopper, who was a columnist, who was going to expose Mayer, Mayer, who's had a gold, you know, the, the uh, mayor, Goldwyn Mayer studio. And um, and she says to Mayer, she says, uh, and she was upset because her son was in the Navy and fighting the North Korean communists. And she says, you and your Jewish communists, basically, it's in the, it's in the movie. I think it's called, what is it called? Um it's about one of the famous writers who was a con- open communist. I'll never forget in the movie. Also, let me explain this because it's kind of an interesting. Tr- Trumbo, yeah, Trumbo, and it was a very interesting tidbit because in one section of the movie, it just shows you the Jewish uh, leverage for communism. Always, they're still sympathetic about communism, and many of the Jews are. At the same time, they're not sympathetic about Russia because Russia overthrew communism, overthrew the Jews. But anyway, so. Uh, so, so Trumbo is talking to his, uh, daughter. And his, his daughter knows at school they're saying things like, your father's a communist, a screenwriter in Hollywood. And a lot of the, this, the, uh, Hollywood moguls, they continue to hire these, these communists against the actions of the Un-American Activities Committee. 
And they kept doing this uh, under different names. They just kept it, kept it going. And uh, the daughter asks her father, the communist, father, they keep saying you're a communist. And what is a communist? Can you explain it to me? And of course, he could have explained it honestly. He said he could have said, well, it's the most murderous terrorist organization in the history of all humanity. I mean, that's what he could have said. During the 1920s and 30s in uh, Russia, teens and 20s and 30s, including the Civil War, under Leo Trotsky and Lenin and and later all these Jews that ran the KGB and also ran the uh, the gulags in Solzhenitsyn's book, Archipelago 2, he shows the tick, six top administrators of the biggest death camps in the history of the world. It's called the gulags. And all six of them were Jews. So they tell you about the, the German Holocaust of Jews or the Nazi Holocaust of Jews. They don't tell you the, the Marxist Jewish Holocaust of millions of Christians in what was the Soviet Union. But anyway, so he didn't say that to his daughter. You know, he says to his daughter, he says, well, honey, imagine you're at school and you're there at school and mama made you, you know, a nice couple of beautiful peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And a friend of yours is school, but her mama doesn't have much money and she didn't have any sandwich. Communism is the idea that you share that sandwich, you have plenty, you share that sandwich with the less fortunate. That's what communism is. <laughs> Isn't you know, it just shows you how they're so good with words, man. They are so good with words. words it wasn't with... about the fact that they uh, that they stole the the houses that people lived in for generations, the land that they worked, the 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 accounts they had in the bank that they saved up because of their hard work and genius and contribution to the country to put it in the hands of these Jewish Bolsheviks. They don't, you know, they don't say that. No, it's it's a principle like it's like sharing one of your sandwiches with that little girl, your girlfriend at school would just go without lunch, you know, as if, as if Russians and the Russian Orthodox church is celebrating as we know their Christmas right now. And um, the Russian Orthodox church, which I'm very familiar with. And uh, I went to many services in Russia. I I met many leaders in the church. I met many other uh, fantastic priests in Russian Orthodoxy. Uh, I went to the Church of the Savior, which right, it was right across the street from where I lived, which is the most famous uh, Russian Orthodox church in, in Russia. And they built it back almost exactly the way it was before the Bolsheviks tore it down. And just for another little tidbit, but it's so informational, so powerful. Uh, the, the, the thing was ordered destroyed. So they destroyed the, uh, the original historic this beautiful thing, these Jews. It was destroyed by Lazar Kaganovich. He he kind of re- led that activity. So he's there at the church while they're dynamiting it and destroying it. And um, and his comment was a comment which I also do quote in my book, Secret Behind Communism, out of print right now, but we'll get it back in. But it's a comment you can find other places. So Kaganovich, who's also the guy, the orchestrator of the Hold of the Moor, which killed seven to 11 million 
Ukrainians, Ukrainian Christians, by the way, almost all Ukrainian Christians. And this was, uh, again, sponsored by this Jew, Lazar Kaganovich, who was formerly the head of the Communist Party in Ukraine, another mass murderer, right? And that killing itself was bigger than the Holocaust. But you got to ask yourself why you never heard of it and why you never heard of the Holodomor like you've heard of, you know, the Nazi Holocaust, even though it was a bigger Holocaust and it was more aimed at women and children and the most vulnerable because it was caused by intentional confiscation of the food of the people of Ukraine and for them to have the suffering death of disease and and death for their for their little babies, for their pregnant mothers, uh, for their older children, and for a lot of old people with compromised immune systems. When you starve to death, you basically die of disease for most things. Uh, this is the reality of it. So here's here's Lazar Kaganovich's words. I hope all of you can remember these words. I'm going to say it real slowly and emphatically. So I hope you remember these words and you can repeat it back to your friends, your family, to show you the reason why we're having the Ukraine war and the reason why Jews hate Russia and the reason why they took over Russia and killed millions of Russians and other Eastern Europeans. This is why. Because they nurture an incredible hatred for the Russian Christian people, as they do all Christians, but it's especially especially strong for the Russian people. And here's the quote. He looks up at the church and he sees the destruction, the dynamiting of the biggest icon of Christianity and of truly the Russian people in the whole nation. And he says these words, quote, There's Mother Russia stripped of her skirts. Let that sink in, folks. I'll say it again. That's, this is your Jewish deputy premier of the Soviet Union celebrating the destruction of one of the greatest symbols of Christianity, the Russian people, Russian heritage, and the Russian people that exists in the whole world. And he said, quote, there's Mother Russia stripped of her skirts. It's almost like a rape analogy, if it's not that. Mother Russia, stripped of her skirts. I mean, you can't make this up. I mean, I'm called a hater because I dare to talk about the hatred of people like Lazar Kaganovich and these communists that took over Russia and killed millions of people, or the hatred of the Israelis in their open media proclaiming how they want to destroy all the people of Gaza, how they're not going to let any food in. They're not going to let any, not any, even any anesthesia. They, they've already had at least 3,000 Palestinian children with amputations of their limbs. Could you imagine having your limbs amputated with no, with, with no anesthesia? They, they forbid this. They have no food. They only have water, and the water is tainted where they can get all sorts of horrific diseases which will kill them and which is killing them right now. And they brag about it, and they promote it. That's open promotion of genocide. We put people in prison in the world court from Rwanda, lowly little radio hosts who said something like, we've got to kill the Tutsis or something, just kill the Tutsis. You have Israeli leaders promote 
overall massacre and just disastrous, horrible genocide of tens of thousands of Palestinians. That's what it is. It's 30,000 now, by the way, about 60,000 wounded. And of those, at least 15 to 20,000 are, are kids. 20,000 minimum are kids. And, uh, and that's killed. That's not counting the wounded and maimed. I mean, you can't even make this up. And this is what you have to understand. That's why they call us haters, because we expose things which prove massive Jewish hatred against not just the European people, which they have a long hatred of Europeans, and not just Russians, but all humanity. And they hate the Palestinians because they're not like themselves, and they are now mass murdering them, trying to drive them out away from their own homes so they can take it all and steal it all, as well as the resources of natural gas and oil in the Mediterranean. That's a pretty good start to the show, I think. Yeah. Hey, got a, I got a couple of quick ones, easy ones for you. What sure. about Franklin Delano Roosevelt? Hey, Jimmy, Jimmy, we're going to bring you back because we got other people waiting, but hang out. We're going to bring you back. No problem. Okay. I think I don't know if I can express anything better than that, folks, but I hope all of you remember that quote. And I hope that you take it not just into your consciousness, into your intelligence, into your cognitive areas of your brain, but I hope you take it into those emotional areas of their brain. Because your whole life, the Jews through Hollywood and through their programming and through their lies, like Israel talking about raping of the the, the Jewish girls in Palestine, which did not happen in Hamas. It's been totally debunked and disproven. They do that so they can cover up their massive mass murder and genocide just against innocent men, women, and children. And unlike Gaza, unlike uh, where they killed all these hundreds, tens of thousands of civilians, men, women, and children, in, in the raid into Israel on October 7, guess how many children died in that raid out of 1,200 Israelis? About almost half of them were military. Another 20% of them were the Israeli military craziness, firing and killing their own people. But more than that, I want you to listen to this fact. Only 30, according to the Israeli government, only 30 of the victims were children. 30 out of 1,200. That's 2.5%. Well, 45%, and we're talking about 15,000 children now, have been murdered by Israel in this short period of time. Can you imagine that? But we're but, haters. But they're but they're telling us they're telling us every day every day they're repeating ba- babies beheaded total lie, total lie babies fried in ovens total lie and and the and the rape for some strange reason even though Israel's a stickler for forensic evidence police and everything else not a single shred of forensic evidence whatsoever and yet. In the New York Times talking about this, repeating this big lie in our Jewish, totally Jewish New York Times, guess what they did? They pointed out in the article, you see, when you lie, you can sometimes show elements that disprove the lie. They said in there that, that the, the government was trying to compile, well, that they know that all this has happened because they've been compiling forensic evidence from October 7th until October 8th, they've been filing off. You know, it's like, and yet they say breasts were cut off, but they don't have any forensic evidence of breasts. They don't off. need it. They're Jews. They, they, and they that's control right. They the said media. babies were beheaded. There's no forensic yeah. evidence. Hey, we're going to get to the call. They said women were raped. No forensic no, evidence. No, of course not. All right, ready? Then, uh, we got a bunch of them. Okay. okay. We got Say It 
I'm wondering if this is Richard. Hey, you guessed correctly. How are you there doing? You go. Richard hey, from Richard. How'd you UK? like the show ahead, so buddy. far? I think, I've, I think I'm striking a nerve today. I hope I'm hitting some nerves in people today. Well, first of all, did you have a good Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year? Well, thank you so much. I, I certainly did. I spent uh, the New Year with very good friends and uh, Christmas, and uh, it was uh, really amazing. And I'm very thankful for them, and I'm thankful for my family. I, I did a lot of Skype visits with my family. They're out of town, but uh, they're a long way away from me. But I did have a very nice, uh, very nice Christmas and New Year's. And uh, thank you very much for that. Hope yours no was worries. Good. You yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, mine was mine was fantastic. I've been working a lot though over the over these weeks. I just tell you what I have been doing. I've been, you know, the, the, one of the things you can't make this up, you know. And uh, I knew that there would be some things probably about um, the overthrow of South Africa, which wouldn't be good for the, the European people there, which was terrible for them there. And in fact, fifty thousand have been killed. But none of these leftists ever talk about the white Afrikaners and others who were murdered and raped in their own real rapes, uh, which are all documented by police and forensic evidence uh, that occurred during this, during this revolution, this communist revolutionary uh, government in, in uh, South Africa. And by the way, uh, there's a big article about this guy named Feinstein, I think his name is. Uh, he's a Jew and he brags about being in the ANC. And he's, and he said, at least he said this honestly. Uh, he said that that apartheid was a thousand times better than anything that the Jews did. I mean, it was it, uh, what the Jews have done in terms of the Palestinians were a thousand times worse. And of course, that's a, that's true. But the interesting thing about this, when you look at it, uh, now South Africa has has changed, and now you've got blacks running the country, and you have some other kind of communist people running the country. And South Africa and Israel combined together with nuclear weapons, which was an evil thing for South Africa to give that to South Africa to, to help uh, Israel, because probably South Africa developed nuclear weapons earlier than Israel. And that was a terrible thing. But, you know, it was it's amazing, though, to think about the fact that sometimes these Jews, the Jews did the ANC revolution. Uh, Joe Slovo was behind it. All these people were Jews. And now the blacks have taken over the country. And they still have a lot of capable white people in there. And a lot of white people who are not communists who still understand that Israel is an evil nation that even overthrew the South African state. And I think some of the people that are writing this, and I've seen some of the people who are involved with this, they wrote a uh, United Nations brief for the World Court, which is an application. And what is this is a, what they're doing is under the rights of the UN. They have a right to file charges of genocide in regard to the genocide treaty against any nation. Uh, they have to present their their findings. Dave, their, Dave let's get to Richard's question. Well, I, I, am, I am there, but I just this is, I know, I but he didn't ask about South Africa. I, I know, but he's going to ask in a second. And let him go <laughs> a little bit more. This is important, Richard. Do you want to hear about this for a second more? I mean, if you, I'm listening. I'm listening, Doctor Deacon. I'm happy to indulge. Yeah, this is this Please. is so important, right? If we don't talk about it right now, and we can go talk about other things in the show, it's something we need to know about, right? So I've read this uh, thoroughly. It's a long report. I've read it thoroughly, 
and it is absolutely ironclad. It has every proof that Israelis committing genocide by every law of genocide, as well as even genocide authorities all over the world, even though I don't think they want to do this about their state of Israel, which they still are, you know, uh, uh, members of. But this, this thing completely makes the case. And anybody who reads it, anybody who studies it, any of the, the documentation is unbelievable. They have hundreds and hundreds of good literary uh, citations, which are all documented. And they have the statements of Israeli leaders openly calling for disease and murder and rampage and telling, calling the, the Gazans animals and how they have to flatten Gaza. They have proof of intent, which is usually the hardest charge to prove in a genocide case. But in this case, it's not hard at all because these Jews just can't restrain their hate. They can't restrain their murderous opinions. They can't do it. Just like that, uh, that, that movie, which you may have seen called Inglorious Bastards, which was a movie about these Jews who were torturing just normal German soldiers against every law of the Geneva Conventions. And they can't restrain themselves. And so they have a case because they, these Jews think that they're gods of the world, kings of the world, and they're not. And people are learning about them. So this is one of the greatest breakthroughs I think we've seen. And I think other nations are coming along with that. Do you have a question about that or anything else? We just extend you a little bit. You always ask great questions. Hey, well, thank, thank you very much, Dr. Duke. And um, yeah, I mean, my question does somewhat relate to that. Um, earlier in, well, last year now, I asked you about whether we've reached peak Jewish power. Because many of these things, like whether it's the um, uh, Jeffrey Epstein, uh, revelations that have made uh, public, um, which have become public now in the last week, or it, or the uh, ongoing genocide in Gaza. Uh, people are increasingly coming to learn about these events and wake up and take, uh, you know, steps to fully understand the situation and the circumstance of Jewish power, which you've so eloquently spoken about for many decades now. Yeah, uh, my true. question concerns the. Um, do you want to mention Jewish guests. power for a second in light of that? Well, I mean, I, that was the question I asked previously, but I wanted to ask you about the uh, um, uh, publication of the guests that made uh, an appearance on Harvey Weinstein's, uh, Harvey Weinstein's, Jeffrey Epstein's, uh, um, what's it called? Uh, well, Harvey Paradise Weinstein, Sound. Jeffrey Epstein, how much difference is there? Yes, well, I mean, they're very similar characters, aren't they? But like, specifically, and they're all I'm, dedicated I'm like Jews in DiCaprio. Right. In fact, Harvey um, Weinstein was very famous in the in Jewish magazine to call for my mm -hmm. banning from Twitter and my damn banning from uh, from Google. Uh, I mean, and all this other stuff. I mean, that's Harvey Weinstein. And of course, this guy's a criminal yeah. now in prison for 20 years, supposedly. He probably get out early. But uh, so what's your question, Richard? Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, sure. Well, my question in as insofar as it relates to peak Jewish power is that how long do you think um, these uh, operations? I mean, for instance, with uh, the Epstein, it was clearly a Mossad sting. They were trying to blackmail uh, rich celebrities in order to get them compromised and therefore uh, assets for effectively the Israeli government. Mm -hmm. um, to what extent is that not possible anymore in light of the recent revelations? Uh, that's my question. Thank you very much, guys. Well, I think the, the, the amount of material they have on people, and I'm sure it's not anywhere in the safes of Epstein anymore or on the island. I'm sure the Mossad took those out a long time ago. And I'm sure they're sitting. 
out of lock and key in the sovereign country that they have with Israel, where nobody can go in and look at those things. Nobody can go in and document those things. But those tapes, could, which can be anonymous tapes, which the Mossad can release through other sources. They have a million different ways you can release that without being known as a Mossad. They can release a tape with Bill Clinton, obviously a real tape of Bill Clinton with underage girls, if they if they can, if they can do that against any of these other people, including Dershowitz. They can do get Dershowitz to do whatever they want for him, just defend them for free or do whatever he wants. They, they can do this to Bill Gates. I mean, actually, Bill Gates was being blackmailed for them for these Jewish operations and for increasing this power of the spy ring. So, you know, I'm not saying that this threat now is not able to be used. It's still able to be used. Now, as far as peak power, peak Jewish power, maybe I can say it this way. Uh, Peak power, we haven't seen the total result yet of peak power. Because, indeed, the total result of this Jewish control of the world, of the control of the State Department, control of the biggest military in the world, the United States of America, a deploy of so many atomic weapons. I know they're doing research on ethnic viruses. That's a fact that we've been knowing that since since uh, 1998. In Great Britain, there was a big article by whistleblowers. So they could unleash viruses to target their enemies, including European people. They could literally do the DNA profile of our people and have the viruses only attack people with that DNA. Of course, they have the problem that it can also later mutate and go against Jews and wipe out all the Jews. But still, we don't know yet what peak Jewish power is. Peak Jewish power could be, and this is, I I certainly fear this, an atomic war which would not only probably end the Jews and Israel, but it would also endure the ending of European mankind and a lot of the brightest minds of the world in the Northern Hemisphere, both Asians. Japanese would probably be devastated in that war. Uh, The Koreans would be devastated. China would be devastated. Um, Then, of course, Eastern Europe would be devastated. Western Europe would be devastated. North America. And um, and that's where many probably 95, 96% of Europeans live in the world. And, uh, and, and most of the Jews too, even though Jews may be spread out a little bit more than we are, but that's really the reality of it. So we, we may see peak Jewish power and it may be the last thing we see because these people, they have a lot of crazies. Uh, they, they really like Slattery and I constantly are saying on my show again, 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, folks, listen in. Uh, you can get that in the Rinse Radio Network, rinse.com, for those of you who don't know how. And we may see it. It may be the last thing we see or hear. The last thing we hear is air aid signals that they still work at all in America and then see a blinding light. And uh, there's nothing any more of us, Western civilization, uh, our children, uh, nothing. And uh, And that's what we're trying to work against. If people in the West come to power and realize this threat, certainly there's ways. When we cleanse our intelligence services of all these Jews who are are not only, they're not dual loyalists, they're single loyalists for Israel. That's why the biggest spies in American history have been Jews, period. Even our atomic secrets are sold by some of the people that were developing the atomic bombs supposedly for America. Just look at the Oppenheimer movie. He was very sympathetic to communism. 
And he was working with many communists. The whole movie is sympathetic to communism and Jewish communism. So, so the idea of what I'm trying to express to you is we don't know yet what Jewish peak power is. But we do know that they control America. And they may be willing to roll the dice right now with the Mideast war, maybe even going to nuclear weapons, because they think they just might get away with it. And the world is not going to want to go from there to total nu- nuclear annihilation, which is still a possibility of this. Uh, but they might, you know, but they might allow them to destroy Iran and Iran may reap a lot of destruction against Israel, but as long as they don't have atomic weapons. And the thing is, the only thing that maybe could allay that is uh, Pakistan, which apparently, according to Douglas McGregor and other, other people, Pakistan has an agreement with Turkey that, uh, that if Israel uses any atomic wo- weapons or, or threatens to use atomic weapons against Israel, that uh, they will reply and they will let Turkey have atomic weapons to reply against Israel. So in considering the size of Israel, that would be a much a more draconian thing to happen to Israel than what would happen probably to the country the size of Turkey. But those are just some of the issues that are good. So peak Jewish power, I don't know. But I tell you one thing, Jews have lost this war in terms of the, of the truth war because people are understanding now, not only are they understanding that the Palestinians are massive victims of the Jews, that the whole October 7 is a myth, and it was probably the most military operation between the two countries ever between those two countries, because never have the Jews, in terms of their military interventions into Gaza or West Bank, ever have been as oriented toward military targets rather than civilian targets like all these Jewish targets. I hope that answers the question, my friend. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. We'll get you back in, buddy. Okay. I'm enjoying it. I don't know why, but I feel like uh, I'm energetic and you are. I'm just You're doing great, Dave. Doing a, I'm just doing it. I don't I don't think we've had a better show. At least I don't you know, sometimes people feel like they're being cognitive or they're making a few mistakes or they're speaking not as precisely or properly as they could and recalling the things they need to recall right when you need them. But tonight I, I feel that way. And I hope that's uh, reflected in your opinions out there listening. Cause I, I want to not only tell the story. Well, I want to tell it in a, in a powerful way that moves you and motivates you to action. And the action I'm talking about is not violence. It's the opposite. You go do violence now. All you do is help the enemy. All you do is make us look like we're the violent, horrible people. No, the Jews are doing a very good job of making very clear to the whole world that anybody who dares to object to the Jewish mass murder of kids, children, babies, that they're, quote, anti-Semitic. Yeah. Okay, if they want to use that definition, go ahead, Jews, go ahead, use it. If it's anti-Semitic to oppose the mass murder of little babies and children, you know, like shooting fish in a barrel, these people can't even defend themselves. Well, that's because they control they control the networks. They control the media. That's the whole thing. They can do whatever they want. Let's bring in Michael. Michael, go ahead, buddy. You got the floor. Hey, happy New Year, David. Hey, Michael, how are you doing? How are you enjoying the show so far? I'm doing. Yeah, I'm calling from the communist state of California, which now you heard they're going to give all legal aliens free health care. 
and us hardworking taxpayers get to pay for it. So there's communism, right? Where, do you, where a, are you moving? I know. I'd like to. I'm, I'm yeah. trying to. I was reading uh, about that today, and I was reading. Uh, I have some comments about if you'd like me to make a comment or two. And well, no, I wanted to bring up the other big Jewish scandal that uh, we're going to find out in March, which happens to Sam Bankman Freed. Now, who do you think is behind him? Because he basically stole the most money ever. The, uh, he's the biggest ripoff of money. Uh, that a Jew has ever stolen. And I think he basically bought the election for the Democrats, the midterms with all the, all the sites. Yeah, that should be a big story in the press, but that they don't want, they don't want the ramifications for that in the election, obviously. Right. (laughs) So was, was somebody behind him? What, what's your, what's your idea on uh, the bank? There's a whole panoply of Jews involved in that. And I don't want to mention until they they get overwhelmed, man. And, And by the way, I, 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 I think there's many more scandals that go way, way, way beyond that. You know, we have a Federal Reserve. Now, right now, it's not a Jewish head of the Federal Reserve, but it's a Jewish Shabbos Goy. It's, it's, a, it's a Goy that does whatever they say. He's, he's more like a mouthpiece for them. Uh, but of in the last 40 years, five out of seven of the Federal Reserve chiefs were all Jews. Five out of seven. Yep. For Jews. Yep. And this has been an institution that's robbed from us, plus most of the Treasury Department heads in that period have been Jews, including under Trump and under Biden, right? Janet Yellen and under Trump was uh, yep. Menachem, or Men- Menchen, or what? What was his name? Stephen something? Under Stephen, Trump, Mnuchin, Stephen Mnuchin. Yeah. Mnuchin. Jew. Yep. I finally got it. So, um, yeah, I mean, they, they control the economy and they control this interest-bearing ripoff which is what modern capitalism is. And, um, and, and and the good example that I always give on that. So so I don't think by any means this is the biggest fraud in the world. There have been many bigger frauds. Just the bailout under Ben Shalom Bernanke in the 2008-2009 meltdown. That was a big one. That was a big oh, one. Boy, big, talk about a big And that was – so we had the Federal Reserve under Ben Shalom Bernanke. <laughs> I can't make these things up, right? <laughs> I should do a comedy show. Ben Shalom Bernanke, right? In fact, he was in testimony by, questioned by another Jew, Bernie Sanders, who was another communist Jew, went to a kibbutz in Israel. And he took a long time to come around against what's going on with the Palestinians. He had to because he was losing all, losing all of his Marxist base. But, um, but Sanders goes to this kibbutz, again, land stolen from the Palestinians. And Sanders gets up there. And uh, he's questioning Bernanke. And he says, okay, so you've given hundreds of millions of dollars to banks, not just in the United States, but overseas banks, not even American banks. I mean, you're passing from American taxpayers and the American government, in effect, because the Federal Reserve is our currency. And you're just giving it by your choice in terms of hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. You can't make it up. So, yeah. So tell us who these banks are. And and he says, well, I don't know. He acts like he doesn't know anyway. He's supposed to be testifying under oath too, right? But he knows. But if he knows who it is. But if he mentions it, it's too much to say. The, the Ron Paul tried to audit. And I, uh, I've... Ron Paul said a lot of nice things about me, by the way, when I was serving an officer, when I ran for the House of Representatives, he did actually come to my defense many, many times. And he said that 
the biggest crime in this government is the fact that the uh, Federal Reserve Bank has not really ever been truly audited by the United States government. And we don't know where this money is going. And if you give anybody, even just money to hold, it's digital money. It's not like printing extra cash, but it can be converted to cash, obviously. But when you, if, if you make digital money and you give it to your bank, that is worth massive amounts, like a billion dollars is a thousand million. Just the interest, if the, just the interest on a billion dollars was 1%, right? You're talking about, Ten billion dollars, right? For a trillion dollars, I mean. And they have a license to print it for free, out of thin air. They have the right to print it, or just create it digitally, uh, right out of air. And then once they give that to the bank, that that shows up on the bank as an asset, and then they can, in turn, loan it at twenty, ten, or twenty times more to people. Sometimes it's unlimited for some things. It's really weird what they do. Uh, they can loan it out. At whatever they're loaning out for, ten percent interest now, fifteen percent, or your credit cards. I just got notice from one of my credit companies, but I never, I never let a balance go on my credit card. I just always pay every balance. I don't either. I'll, yeah. Always have, but um, but I just got notice on one of these credit cards. It's a real fancy credit card too. It should be a low interest rate. It's a thirty-four percent interest. That's what yep. you call loan sharking, and when people get have that in their credit cards and they get desperate. So they lose their job. They can't pay their rent. They can't feed their kids, whatever. They can't pay their kids tuition to school. And they're trying to keep their kids out of some public school where they take their life in their hands every day. They might have to go there. Boy, I talk about truth every day, don't I? But it's like when that happens, these, these families sometimes have to borrow from credit cards. But the more you borrow, that interest comes due and it's just a uh, Absolute nothing more than a scam and a robbery scam. It's called. I equate it, it with slavery. I, it's slavery. It's slavery. Basically, it is. It's dead slavery. slavery. We got to take the top of the hour. Okay. Break. Thank you, right. David. Thank you. Oh, that's it, buddy. All David. right, we'll get you back in. Well, thank you for keeping a really good show going. It was a good question, and I like the economic issues, even though they're sometimes a little not as entertaining as some of the the war issues and so forth. But it's All interesting. Right, we'll be back. I'll be right back, Dave. Okay, folks, you are listening to the Dave and Duke Call-In Show on SpeakFreeRadio.com. It is, right now, exactly 7 o'clock Central Time. And I forgot to mention before, uh, but um, I need to do it, the ongoing challenge. Of course, it has never been met, and it never will be. If you know of, if anybody knows of a greater existential threat to humanity and free speech rather than or other than uh, organized international jury. Let us know and we'll quit the show immediately. And alongside that, if you know of a more effective deliverer of that message other than Dr. David Duke, let us know and we will quit immediately. That is ongoing. I just failed to mention it. And uh, please let us know. Uh, it's, it's, there's gotta be something else other than Jews. I mean, there's gotta be a bigger threat, right? It's got, it's something. Let us know, please. We want to quit. Okay. All right, Dave, let's, wow. I was just going to bring somebody in, uh, and they disappeared. Uh, so let me ask, uh, our good friend Robert, if he has another question, 
that he can type in there. Uh, and until uh, Robert or back, Richard or anybody, if, if Robert, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go around the horn. But I mean, until we get that fella back who was there, and then he dropped out. Sometimes these things happen with the internet or whatever. We'll bring Jimmy in for another because he had some more questions. Jimmy, go ahead, buddy. Okay, great. Um, oh, hey, and uh, I think uh, that Waxner was also a Harvard donor too. But well, he was a donor to Harvard, I think, but he's also a donor to uh, uh, Ohio State University, one yeah. of the teams that uh, one of the universities my my LSU used to play a lot. When I went to LSU, I knew a lot of the football players, and uh, I played a little football early in high school, but uh, actually junior high school. But uh, I had a lot of good friends. I, I met a guy from uh, Louisiana College that's around your age. He's dead now, but. Uh, Guy named Drew Coward, and mm-hmm. uh, he was from Louisiana. He says he met you there, but you know that's a hard name. He he actually changed his name, uh, but he wasn't a Jew. But anyway, I, well, did I have you a- know, usually Jews are not going to let themselves remain a name like that. Yeah, I hear <laughs> they may call themselves Lipschitz, but I think they mean that in a wholly different way. <laughs> hey, I had on uh, Franklin They'd like to speak Eisenhower. Do they have any Jew in them? Um, I've looked into that, and I certainly have not been able to document that Eisenhower was, in fact, a, a Jewish name. It, Eisen is a particularly, it's a German name. It's, it's kind of a name that a German would have. And, uh, and Hauer is another, you know, um, syllable, R syllables, uh, addendum, which would uh, be very German. So, I think he was German descent, and that makes his crime even worse in a sense that he yeah. facilitated the, the genocide that went on against the German people and the destruction of Germany uh, on behalf of the communists, actually. Right. I thought the Delano part of Roosevelt might have had some, but... But it does get, I must say this, whenever we talk about this subject, it does get really complicated. Because it's true, it was the Soviet Union, and the Jews had very critical positions in the Soviet Union at the time. Deputy Premier was Tsar Kaganovich, right? Uh, the head of Soviet propaganda telling the Russian soldiers, or the or they're really the Soviet soldiers, including a lot of the, the Mongols and these other groups that you know were minorities that were really from very primitive parts of Russia. And uh, and they weren't like the Chinese. They were very very uh, primitive type people, and they 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 evoked for them and they urged them to and he inverted them Ilya Ehrenberg to uh, rape German women, uh, to kill them, to destroy you know their babies. To I mean it's just unbelievable when you look at it. And um, and he, by the way, this Jew, he was head of the propaganda for the entire. And he, so he was a, another one of these uh, Jewish genocide advocates, just like the ones in Israel today. But that was the Second World War. And so notice whenever we have these Jewish criticizers of Israel, they always talk about how great it was, what happened. And that's why Jews continue to say, well, yeah, what, what's wrong with Israel doing this to Palestinians? They're all Nazis. Are they all, you know, anti-Semites? Didn't we kill all the German kids? Didn't we burn alive hundreds of thousands of German babies and German children and German women in their homes 
in, in, in Germany in a particular evil, in a, a particular vile campaign that was openly about destroying the German civilian copula- population. So those are good, you know. Uh, and and All right, we got to get to the next question. People David. are so no, no. screwed up. They can't even answer these questions properly by saying, well, of course it was a war crime. And this isn't the first of Jewish war crimes. This is only the latest. Jimmy, we'll get you back in, buddy. Thanks. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. We got Vinny from Indiana. Vinny, you got the floor. My friend. Hello, David. Hello, David. Vinny. Hello, David. David. Hey, um, David, I wonder if you saw uh, Mark Dice, the uh, very popular YouTuber, who started out on Alex Jones, and he's he's built a quite a uh, channel on youtube he has several million viewers on december 15th he uh, was talking about censorship on amazon as far as books and he mentioned um your books uh my awakening and another one of your books and he also mentioned kevin mcdonald culture critique uh, um uh jared taylor uh white identity and several other books um uh, he mentioned like uh, I can't remember Ryan T. Wow, Anderson. I didn't know that man. Yeah, and he man. mentioned uh, yeah when when Harry became Sally. Yeah, you should play that tape. Um, uh, find that and put that on your show. Well, um, it's, uh, it's, I'm, I'm at work. It's December fifteenth. His YouTube. December fifteenth. Um, yes. So it was really nice. He did a really nice. You know, he he went as far as he could go. Um, you know, standing up for you at, without his. Yeah, YouTube, YouTube channel getting new. So um, I think he deserves a little nod there. Uh, he does. He definitely does. Well, and then I, good for him. And then I, I want to say, uh, I think this will be on a very, very important week historically. Uh, the BBC um, and a lot of the um, a lot of the channels that follow the war in Ukraine are saying that the Russians are going to launch an invasion within the next week. They waited for the uh, the uh, Russian uh, the Russian Orthodox celebration of Christmas, which was yesterday, I think, mm-hmm. um, the 6th. Uh, but they intend to invade north of the Donbass and south of Kharkiv, Kharkov um, mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, they'll probably invade a massive invasion to uh, sweep, trap as much of the Ukrainian forces uh, uh, east of the uh, Dnieper. And then they'll probably launch a smaller invasion between um, Kharkov and the Belarusian border to kind of seal off Kharkov. So, you know, they don't, I think the biggest thing um, Putin fears is uh, excess f- civilian casualties and Kharkov is a major city. I don't think he wants to get involved in a, you know, with all, that would take uh, all of the, um, the, the, all of the tragedy that's happening in Gaza and allow the media to say, oh, Putin's a, you know, the, is the, well, the mass killer and, you know, we should talk about that a second. And I think you bringing up this subject is a very good subject to bring up and for me to get a quick comment about. And, and that's the case is that everything they do are lies. Everything they say are lies. A perfect example is this. So the Russians did their operations from the beginning of, of last year, right? 2022. It's almost been two years, really. 2020, there's 23, then 24. Okay, so almost two years. Only 500 children have died in that Russian aspect. But by the way, 
14,000 died by the shelling of Ukraine, Jewish government of Ukraine, and the Jewish government of America that was behind that from 2014 after the coup that took over the country, right? And there are many more kids dead, but the Russians killed 500, 500 children died in the whole process. Now, look what we've got in just two months. We've had, oh my God, we have, we have 30,000 children either maimed, amputees, damaged, crippled, or murdered. Many of them died the worst, most cruel death of all, being buried alive under trapped under rubble where no one could help them as they died in agony over many days or hours or days. This is unbelievable. And this is another good example. Yet they told us all this time where Russians were evil, that they're committing atrocities, and it's very evil, everything they're doing. And these are the same people that are not voting for, like in America, for the ceasefire and not voting to stop this massacre, this infanticide. This infant side that's going on right now in Gaza. So I think that's an important point, and it hasn't been talked about much in the major media, but we can do it on Spring Free Radio. One last thing. Uh, next week, the 13th, is the Taiwan elections. And um, the, the U.S. media is saying that the um, kind of the pro-Western party, the D, I think it's the DDP, Versus the common tang, which is once more of a uh, reproachment with China and the other party. There's like a third third party candidate, and he he's you know there are a lot of people speculating that uh, there's some kind of CIA involvement to keep him in the race so that the the, the uh, KMP uh, the common tang party doesn't run run walk away with the election, and they would be more likely to uh, want uh, greater stronger ties with China. And, uh, you know, less they don't want to be trapped. They don't want to end up like Ukraine where they end up uh, getting involved in a war between, uh, you know, China and the U.S. On the, US well, the whole side. world is you're right. The whole world is waking up and people are realizing, see, because of the immense power of the United States, military power, inner bases around the world, economic power, where they can sanction any country they want to sanction. Just like they had no basis to sanction Russia at all. If anybody should have been sanctioned, it was the United States. We declared war on a country and went to war against the country on a lie. There were no weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. Uh, you know, in fact, they, they were actually an ally of America at the time. It was crazy, but that's exactly what happened because of Jewish power in our government. So everything you say is correct. But the, the interesting thing is, like always, these Jews always go too far. They have such chutzpah that they just can't refrain from going over the top. And right now the world is waking up to them. And that is something that we should all savor and hope will continue at a at an increased pace right now across the world. And I think it will. Yeah, I, this is going to be an important week. And like Cato, who meets with Patrick Slatter, he's saying that a lot of people in Taiwan – they see Western media and they think Ukraine's doing okay. They're they're holding their own. And uh, I think if 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 the hammer blow happens on Ukraine, where a lot of people think they've been lied out, they've been lied to by Western media. You know that's going to impact the Chinese elections. And if China, if China and Taiwan become have stronger ties, mm -hmm. I think China's going to be more emboldened to uh, you know to push even harder with its trade policy with the. 
with Saudi Arabia and Iran, and that's going to have a big impact on it. What's going on in Israel? One of the biggest issues in the world is the, is you know is is the BRICS. We're, we're we're going to a different currency. They're going Russian currency, Chinese currency, Indian currency, and the currency of the world. They're not going to let America steal from the rest of the world anymore. And that well, currency, which they're based on, by the way, is backed by gold. So it's a real currency where American currency is nothing but smoke and mirrors. And well, the only people really, who make money off of it are the bankers. The American people don't. Well, it's only the Jewish bankers that make the big money. we got a really important week, and I hope things work out for the best. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Great questions. Okay, great. So here, we got a question for you. Yeah. Dave? Okay. We got here, this is from our good friend Robert in Yuma. Dr. Duke, did, I think he's saying Martin Luther King. I think he means Michael King Jr., right? That guy, the black guy? Yeah. Martin Luther King Jr. Oh, I'm going to remove Vinny. Thanks, Vinny. Um, did Martin Luther King Jr. openly, I think he wanted to say, support massive racial discrimination against whites? Absolutely did. And, uh, and that, and that again, it shows you, you know, it's really amazing how, how the so-called, the reason why that these Jewish communists like Leo Strauss and people that ultimately gave us the Iraq war, like, um, the guy was also head of the World Bank, uh, Wolf. What was his name? Um, oh, anyway, Richard Pearl, Paul Wolf, Wolf, Wolfman, Wolfman. You mean Wolfenson? No, Wolfowitz. 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 There you go. Paul, so Paul Wolfowitz. Jews with they were Jews, 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 and they were right. communist Jews. They were open communist Jews. Yes. In fact, when they talk about the old days, when they still have parties and they're Republicans, so-called Republicans, they're all neoconservative Republicans, which are supposed these foreign wars, which traditional Republican wasn't for, was for. They're for open borders. They've been always for that. Remember the the the, the Gang of Eight, which included people like our. Texas senator, that disgusting creature who was part of the gang about was going to vote for an amnesty for illegal aliens, who also went against Trump, but Trump showed him to be like a uh, Goldman Sachs. Uh, his wife was appointed by Goldman Sachs and he took money from Goldman Sachs. But anyway, um, so we see we see what's going on and we see the fact that uh, that they, they by getting control of things like the like Buckley's old publication, National Review. That you know that was that's that's another Jew involved, and uh, and they control all these publications, so they can interject anything they want. So they started telling all the conservatives, "Oh, we love Martin Luther King. He's one of us. He believes in equal rights. He believes the content of your character is the important thing, not the color of your skin." Well, the truth is that that's a big. Lie. I'm not going to use the F word for it. A big lie, because the truth is that Martin Luther King publicly spoke out in the Playboy interview. He did this many other major forms. They asked him point blank if he was for affirmative action programs and programs to get a heads up for black people in America, the discrimination that it means. And he said, yes, 100 percent. In fact, he made even more incendiary statements saying that the American people. And all the American people guilty of slavery, even the 
of Americans practice slavery, that the American people were guilty of slavery and they had to pay. And there's no way they could ever pay back the black people of America what they deserve to be paid back. In other words, my God, they don't want to stop. I mean, they, they really want to do this, you know, in a devastating way to European Americans. And and there is massive racial discrimination against white people in this country. And Martin Luther King was for it. But instead of telling you that, they talk about a couple of his phrases written by the Jewish speechwriter about black people and white people walking hand in hand. Uh, but they they don't tell you what his actual feelings were, that he was just as much. And he was actually a Marxist. And he never rejected, ever rejected Marxism in his entire life. That's Martin Luther King. So these are things that people have to keep in mind. And and this is the kind of thing we need to guard against. That's how much Jewish power influences us in this world. Awesome, today. Dave. Thanks. Okay, more questions. Ready? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. This is from Richard. Mm-hmm. Wondered if you could ask Duke... What he thought of Brother Nathaniel Kapner's appearance on Alex Jones's Infowars show? Uh, I did watch most of it. I haven't seen all of it. Been kind of busy, but I did watch a good bit of it. I liked it. I thought he was pretty good, very good spokesman. And um, there's some things I would have answered a little different. I don't know if I can go into all those things. Uh, today. But I liked his position. I liked his uh, brassness. I, I liked, you know, I liked what he said. He said, he said the truth. He talked about Jewish power, talked about Jewish racism, and he talked about uh, the things that need to be talked about. I guess my style is a little different than his, but uh, I liked the guy. I met him personally. I enjoyed the meeting much, and I have much respect for him. Okay. All right. Excellent. All right. Uh, also, Richard wants to know in relation to this, um, does a Jew stop being a Jew upon conversion to Christianity? Well, that's a good question. We know that there were certainly Jews who pretended to convert. I like the Murano Jews in Spain. In fact, that's a famous example. Whole books are written about it, how that Jews, because they didn't want, you know, they didn't leave uh, the country. They also wanted to do continue to do business, and they had huge amounts of money and power uh, built up under the Muslim occupation. The, the Muslims actually, uh, in occupying Spain, uh, did a typical tactic of conquering armies. So when, when an army conquers another country, there's two people who you can have administer the country. You can have people of that country be the administrators who are going to know a lot about the country and know where the money is and know the other aspects. But, but, the, prob- but the problem is, you know, are they really going to be loyal to you? Are they going to secretly harbor alienation to you and anger to you and opposition to you while they're pretending to be your agents. Now, that's not true when you use a third party. So this has been uh, really interesting in a, lot of, in a lot of nations where one country conquers another country. Let's say that, let's say Turkey conquers Greece. 
and um, or say the Saladins or the or the uh, the Muslim Empire uh, conquers Greece. Now, you can you can you, you've got to have some collaboration with some of the local people for sure. You can't put a Muslim in at every single position. Of course, you can dominate the bigger positions, but in terms of getting somebody who's going to uh, be what's the word not loyal to those people but loyal to their interests. And that means them getting every inch of tax money out of the people they can, including a lot of fraud that comes into their pockets as well. Jews have always been that kind of middleman. And, uh, and uh, I'll tell you somebody I got a credit for that uh, knowledge was none other than uh, the, the incredible guy I mentioned just a few minutes ago by our friend, Mark Dice. And that's our professor, friend who wrote the culture of critique and uh and he is a professor who did a lot of work on this and he pointed out that this was one of the tactics that jews used and they were famous for being the go-betweens and countries when other countries conquered them interesting stuff right mcdonald okay yeah. great so dr. let's bring McDonald. yes dr kevin mcdonald Kevin McDonald. We're tired. I love the guy. He's great. Yes. Okay, let's bring in... Oh, he's like us, where he's going to work till the day he dies for our cause. Yes, exactly. Now, that National Justice Party collapsed. You heard about that, right, Dave? Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that, uh, you know. But that that's always going to be true when you have resistance to an overwhelming power in a country who has all the resources. Look, look at the government influence in the so-called uprising it wasn't an uprising it was a protest that's all it was it wasn't going to stop the government uh the military could it would have come in in a minute if they wanted to in five minutes they cleaned them out there were no guns they they weren't taking over the government it wasn't an insurgency but when you have the power of government and intelligence committees which are controlled by jews like avril haynes is the top intel officer and just like the two committees of foreign intelligence our foreign relations were controlled by Engel and um, um, Schiff in the in during the Trump administration when the Democrats controlled the House. They control intelligence, and um, it is not hard to have people who don't have money who are being blockaded from media, blockading from normal commerce, not even able to have a credit card charge, uh, that type of thing. Uh, to be blockaded off of the major mediums of the world. Uh, you have their, their sites are suppressed by Google while they send them to enemy sites. You, they control the encyclopedia of the world, like Wikipedia, which is run by a Jewish Zionist advocate. And when you have that kind of a situation, it's easy to use all kinds of deceptive ways of doing war. For instance, Let's say that you have an organization like the Justice Party and you want them to fight with one another. Jews have a lot of power in media and a lot of power can still get on YouTube or still get on the Internet or still have some popularity that might have some friendship or some aspects of the Justice Party that they like. And what they can do is they can start a war if they're getting paid by somebody else, if they're controlled by somebody else and they're given certain uh, privileges or say they can take over the party and they think they think they've got to take over the party so they want to get rid of somebody else 
they can go and they can start a conflict, which ends up people pick sides. They have internal conflict. There's a number of times back in my clan days and later on when the government was trying and the Jews were, were trying to make up dirty lies about you, spread them and trying to undermine you with your own people because that's what you do. And that's what the Justice uh, Party had as going against it is they weren't talking about that these people were ideologically impure or something, or they, or they, they, what they were suggesting was that they were corrupt. What they were suggesting was that they, you know, were whatever, uh, degenerate or whatever you might want to say, uh, you know, idiots or whatever, and uh, are working for the Jews. And that's the most effective thing they can do. If, if, if you're trying to destroy an opposition party, it's like Lenin said, another Jew, he said, the way that we're going to defeat our enemies is by leading them to defeat. And the way that you try to hurt somebody is not always just saying, well, he's a bad guy or he's corrupt or he's immoral or whatever. And they're always willing to make up crap like that. But what really gets them is you got to say, oh, well, he's actually an agent. Oh, he's, a, he's working for the enemy. He sold out, right? And unfortunately, people are able to believe those kind of things. And they can produce any sort of seemingly good evidence that they want that looks like a document, that looks like it's supposed to be. And they can plan anything they want to make people think those kind of things. And that is the way that they do that. The Jews are very famous for that in Israel. Moshe Sharet, who was a former prime minister of Israel, wrote a book called Sacred Israel, Sacred Terrorism. Sacred Terrorism. And it talked about, uh, it talked a lot about Lebanon and how the government, the Jewish government of Lebanon would take one side or the other, the Christian side and the Islamic side. And then they'd make up stories and lies about the Christians doing this to them or even doing things which they did with the Mossad, which wasn't, it wasn't the, the, the Muslims that attacked the Christians and it wasn't the Christians that attacked the Muslims. It was the Mossad that was orchestrating it. Right. And it was a Mossad operation, a false flag operation. And that is a very, very effective way to deal with your enemies to get them to fight one another. They did that with the whole taking over Europe in the First and Second World War and ever since that with the Cold War by getting Europe to fight among itself. It was always in a fight among itself, whether than looking outward to the biggest threat to Europe and the biggest threat to European mankind, and the biggest threat to all of mankind, because I believe in the rights of all mankind, that biggest threat has always been Jewish supremacism. So this has always been a Jewish policy. It's always a divide and conquer strategy. And they're doing this with world struggles. They're doing this right now in terms of Russia, Ukraine, uh, even in, 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 in Gaza. It's a divide and conquer and one way, the reason why they have a mosque, because they supported certain, certain factions for their own objectives, and then sometimes even applied money to it to create the circumstances they could use to sponsor these horrific wars uh, and justify them to their people and to the world. This is, this is, the, this is an old tactic, but it's an important thing. Every show, we, we talk about a few other tactics and a few other aspects of Jewish power that nobody else seems to talk about, Dave, and I'm really proud to talk about them with you. Well, I'm, 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 I've said it before. I'm honored to be here to hear you talk about it, and I know everyone else is who's listening because I've heard 
a lot of the comments. Obviously, you're a legend, my friend. Here's the next question. Ready? Yeah. Dr. Duke, this is from Robert. Does the word antichrist in the New Testament really mean modern-day Judaism? Absolutely. No question. Uh, there's a very famous quotation in the New Testament says, well, how do you know who the Antichrist is? And that means anybody who's serving the Antichrist and evil rather than our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And, and one of the things it says in the scripture of the New Testament is, he's the person who says he's of the Father, but not of the Son. Now, at the time of Christ, when this was said, who were the people who said that they were of the Father, but not the Son? Is that not the Jews? Is that not Judaism? And if you really look at Christ's life, uh, he I don't think he was opposed to every principle of some parts of the Torah and so forth. That's true. But he certainly opposed the oral tradition, which became the Talmud, and was our, most of it was already intact at the time of Christ, and he thought it was really evil. And he condemned the Pharisees as being the sons of the devil. He, he condemned the, uh, the elite Pharisaic uh, leaders and the other leaders of these uh, Jewish radicals uh, for what they were and their teachings. And he believed that they were not of God, that they were serving the devil, and he said so many times in the same words, a perfect example is, I love this quote, it's always a good time to do it when you hear somebody lies about Middle East and, and Gaza and the raping of Jewish women, which is a totally made up lie. It's only a lie so they can get away with the mass murder of the Palestinian people by making up these ridiculous, patently observable and provable lies. Even one of the, uh, in the New York Times, they even repeated this lie in a big article about how women were abused and everything during this raid. And uh, and this is what's so amazing by it. All right, they talk about a mother uh, uh, who lost her daughter, you know, who died in, in the thing. And she has all the information from the government. The daughter was not raped. There was no evidence of rape. There were no forensics of rape. She didn't rape at all. And the Times was talking to her like she was raped. And she said, that's the first they read about it because they were given all the details and there was no evidence that she died. In fact, she talked to the girl three minutes, three minutes before her death. You know, that's not in time for, for a big gang rape. And there's no gang rape going to go on in the middle of a, of a war in the middle of fighting where Israelis are firing. Yeah, shoot, sure, it's ridiculous. But three minutes is not enough time for all that to be happening. It didn't happen. She says it didn't happen. She says she knows it didn't happen. And the New York Times should be ashamed of themselves. And it's a Jew Gittleman who did this. And it's the Jewish New York Times that did it. And Jesus Christ said it so perfectly. I'll give that one quote. We'll go to the next question. And he said, he's talking to these Pharisees, these liars. And he says, ye and ye fathers of the sons of the devil. And the lusts of ye fathers, ye well do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his essence because he is a liar and the father of lies. 
And Jews have been the greatest father of the lie. And uh, even Hitler one time talked about this in one of his writers, uh, his writings, and he said that, uh, and he said, and the Jews are, that's exactly true. And the first and foremost lie that they have is that they are simply a religion, when of course they are, are a religion, but it's a religion of racial purity, racial supremacy, racial murder, racial slavery of others, and uh, and that's the truth about Judaism. It's not, it is everything they try to say of, of white people want to preserve their people, everything they try to say of every other people they're guilty of, and Israel and Jew, Jews, Jews have a history of mass murder, genocide, and what's going on in, in Gaza is just the latest example of all of that. Yep. Perfect. Absolutely. Let's bring in Jimmy because he had another question. Jimmy, sure. go ahead, buddy. Oh, okay, great. Uh, hey, by the way, I enjoyed uh, the video, uh, Black and White. I, I could go on and on, uh, you know. Oh, um, good, man. Yeah, it was great. Thanks for all that stuff, man. Yeah, I, thank you sure. for getting it. We're going to do that. Got it. We're going to do that show. I'd like to do that show soon. We have to arrange something quick if Dave can arrange it. I'd love to have a uh, a program with him, and we're going to do a show like that very soon. Yeah, as long I as mean, he's willing to do it, I'm willing to do it. Yeah, make more. Hey, um, I know this kind of sounds like a dumb question, but I know there's Speak Free Radio you got, and congratulations for that. But how about, is it any possibility of uh, something like a Speak Free TV on free free tv someday or is that we we actually just we actually just launched it no kidding yeah yesterday the hoax busters they were the beta test for speakfreevideo.com so yeah that's coming there's you know there's a lot of things that are happening there and it just it just takes look when you're not a jew right? right and you don't have you know multi millions and billions and trillions of dollars you know, you, you, you have to like do things a different way. So, you know, it's getting there. It just, it takes time, but it, it we did it. It's going to, as a matter of fact, w- this show is going to go on that platform as well. So it's going to be speakfreevideo.com. Speak okay. Free Radio will still, of course, exist, but the video will be here and it'll, it'll have a bunch of cool features and it will be actually on a Jew proof. Uh, video platform. So that's really why it was done to make it Jew proof. Cause you right. gotta have these things Jew proof. Cause look at Dave. Dave, how many views did you have on your YouTube? Uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, on my channel, I had, uh, oh my God, I don't know, probably about close to a billion, but I had another billion because other people shared my videos. It's at about two billion views. I mean, it's hard to believe. Billion, billion, because 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 what happened was I allowed any other channel to take it. So not only did I have, uh, you know, I had 150 videos on my channel. I also all these videos were allowed to be repeated, like some of the bigger ones, like for instance, the Zion Matrix of Power, Goldman Sachs, CNN, and the Zion Matrix of Power, just like that. It was copied by something like 2,000 other channels, maybe 3,000 it was, yeah. And just those other channels, some of them were even much bigger channels than mine. Mine was a big channel, but those are some of those are even bigger than mine. And 
so the the views just racked up incredibly. So we were able to find Google Analytics. Nowadays, they've totally cleaned with AI just about all my videos. Occasionally, you get one that's a little uh, like acceptitious uh, and a little bit de- deceptive in terms of the name so they can get it on and it stays up for a while as long as the numbers stay low. But they have ways they can def- they can fetch those out. But, uh, yeah, we had a couple billion views. Wow. Hey, and by I, the way, they, they were 90, listen to this, they were 94% positive rated, positive, yeah. which shows you that they weren't against yeah. the community standards because there was nothing hateful in them. There was no violence. And it just exposed what, you know, true racism. And if racism is something that's supposed to be exposed or something that's supposed to be uh, fought against, why can't? We expose the most virulent, racist, and murderous racism in all of history, which is Jewish racism. And that's the truth, folks. That may sound shocking to you, but it is the truth. It's just, it's just like that um, that publication in Israel, Ynet News, which is one of their biggest websites in Israel. And they had an article by Sever Ploker, who's one of their big historical writers. And he did a big story about Stalin's willing executioners. And then it, it talked about Gingrich Goda and how he murdered 10 million people. And it goes in and he says in the article, like one of the subtitles is, you know, it may be shocking for us to think about this, but and maybe we don't want to face up to it. But Jews have been some of the greatest mass murderers. I mean, really mass murderers in all of human history. That's what he said in his article. Yeah. Now, and that's a fact. Hey, you know, uh, I, I wonder. Black that's Israel, us, Israel publication, too. That's not David Duke. That's in the biggest Israeli uh, media outlet in the Internet in all of Israel. I'd like to put a suggestion in for the billionaire oil guys in the Middle East to go ahead and back you guys with, with anything you need, you know. Well, that's true. It's legal. They can back anybody they want. But yeah. uh, a lot of people don't realize, you know, who's doing this work. I do say one thing, though, that my work is very obvious in so many ways. I just saw a, a program by Max Blumenthal. I like his work. He's a Jew that's really exposing. The other day you had an uh, interview with Katie Hel- Halper, another Jewish person who's very anti-Israel today and talks about Israel supremacism, lots of people on there talking about Israel supremacism. And he was talking about these Jews, how that these are, you know, supremacist Jews, right? And I was thinking about watching, when I watched that, I saw him and Katie Helper there together on the screen. And I thought about, you know what? I should quote him saying about these supremacist Jews, and then take a picture and superimpose my book, Jewish Supremacism, with that title, in a star, David, an American flag burning inside of it, I should superimpose that on the image of their discussion about supremacist Jews, because I'm the person that made that uh, slogan popular. Yeah, I'm sure they wouldn't have a nice thing to say about me. And I don't think if they actually read what I actually say uh, and don't take anything out of context, which is always possible, I think they'd realize that I have spoken very kindly of other races that I've always said that every people has a right uh, to have their civil rights um, sacrosanct, to have their rights and, and privileges and legal process correct. 
I'm against any sort of slavery. I'm against invading other countries. I'm against other countries taking their land. At the same time, I certainly understand that the world has had a big transfer of people over the ages. And there's nothing wrong with established nations that have been there for hundreds of years or thousands of years even. There's nothing wrong with them, uh, you know, preserving their particular heritage, their values and their rights in their own country and not allow themselves to be invaded and overwhelmed by another people who hates and despise their own people. Who, who will come in and take it over and and dispossess the people who live there. That's what happened to the Palestinians. And that's actually what's happening to the European people as well. I'm, I'm not for the Palestinians being dispossessed, and I'm not for Americans to be dispossessed or Europeans to be possessed or anybody dispossessed. I, I believe that we have to have a system of fairness. There has to be some sort of stability. At the same time, in those countries... I think we have to have reasonable fairness in treatment of people and certainly not treat people the way that Israel does those poor Palestinians in the West Bank or those poor victims, those horrific suffering children and other people. That Horrible. All right, Jimmy, thanks, buddy. There, we'll see there, if we we can get thank you. All right, man. Okay, we got our good friend Henry from Estonia. Henry, you got an update on Henry, I haven't talked to you in a while. I know. I you know why? He's been he's been flyering. You, you didn't have a show. For two weeks, right? Well, that's, well, that's why we reasons, haven't talked yeah. to you for a while. Go ahead. Well, actually, I didn't Gary talk to you much sick. before that. But I'm so good. I just realized, Gary sounds sick. I am sick. I'm sick in the head, and I'm sick in the chest. Well, hopefully, you get well soon. I, I know what you're um, sick of, Gary. You're yeah, sick of these extremist, racist, murderous Jews who are killing the Palestinians. No, it's just winter. It's cold, and who are who are destroying. Europe and America, and really trying to destroy the whole world under Jewish hegemony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course. Anyway, I'll update quickly. So I got a fine for what I did uh, for 160 euros, and um, I am looking for an um, attorney or a, or a lawyer, but uh, nobody wants to take the case. So I don't think I'm going to, uh, like, argue or, I guess, um, sue, sue the police. Uh, because nobody wants to take the case, and I, I'm not going to represent myself because I've tried it once before, and uh, you know you have to know what you're writing. There's a certain language you have to use. I mean, I think um, uh, Dr. Duke here always talks about it. So yeah, um, I've studied the law, and I would just I would give you one little word of advice, but you have to make your own decisions. But I, I, every lawyer would tell you, and I've studied some law, but every lawyer would tell you that when you go into the court, they have their own language, they have their own rules. You don't even know what rules that they have. You're not even going to... Yeah, and I don't care, honestly. Well, it's I know, but, but I'm so. saying you don't have the rules, so you, you're you at a big disadvantage. And when they do, and then when they pull a, a bad thing on you, they can pull it on you. And, you. and if you were a lawyer, or you had a lawyer that was giving you good advice, you could totally short-circuit them as they... Because they can do all sorts of things to you. You can go to court... And you can either pay the fine or you can try to fight it some way and they can just have somebody else come in there and say, well, okay, we're not going to accept that. That's fine. And and then the prosecutor can come up and say, well, actually, we want to increase the crime to some sort of felony or something, which would affect your civil rights. And you wouldn't even know what dockets or what issues or what procedures that 
you could take to short circuit that. So you're at their mercy. And these kind of things happen because we think that we get an idea what's going to happen. But when we don't know some science or we don't know some procedures, uh, because we haven't practiced in that arena for a long, same way in war, or the same way like in the Colosseum of Rome. Yeah. And, the and the attorney, uh, attorney, one of the attorneys said, Oh, there's nothing to argue there. It, it perfectly makes sense. A few people wrote back to me. They were just either, they said, Oh, this is not their area of expertise, which it is because I search for specifically because uh, there's a site in Estonia where you can search specifically like human rights and like that categorized. And, um, but I don't know. Um, but anyway, I have a question also. Um, what do you think God will say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I don't know yet uh, if anyone will speak to me. I may feel this just great joy. I may see images and feel the presence of my family. I may, they may, you know, they may take us on a tour of the universe. Who knows what could happen? Or maybe I just feel at peace and I just feel love in my heart. Or, you know, uh, that figure which we tend to uh, humanize in some ways, which I think God is far more than whatever human image it would be. It's more of a spiritual force in the universe. And I think it's a force for good because ultimately I think there's a reason for all these struggles in the world and in the universe. And I think it's basically to uh, to bring us closer uh, to perfection, not perfection. That's impossible. I think it's a test. It's a test of your character. It could be. If that. you give up or how do you react to adversity? I don't know what it is, but if, if God was here before me, I, I certainly, because I do express my... Um, my belief in what I consider to be the laws of, of God for proper human behavior to each other. And um, I, so I would certainly believe that, that by the Christian definition, I'm saved. And I, I do believe that God would welcome me probably with good words and a good embrace. Welcome, you know, welcome to uh, this next life. And, uh, and I wouldn't need a good word from him. I wouldn't need a, you know any words from him. Uh, I'd understand, and uh, and everything is knowing. We, we I think we're in a different state then. But I don't, you know, I don't know for sure any of this. I believe these things because I choose to. Uh, I'm not. I don't have any scientific uh, reason necessarily for any of these beliefs. That's why it's called belief, right? Yeah. So well, as, as, I long, choose as to- long as he gives you the Wi-Fi password. You'll be no, that's okay. Right. That's yeah. true. God, what that's was that good, password again? That's funny too. I like that. Yeah. yeah, as long as it gives me the Wi-Fi password up there, I'll be fine. All right, Henry, we'll get you back research. into the lightning round. Especially AI. AI, AI is like. All right. And by the way, I have learned. I have learned to talk AI. That I yeah, we everything. we got to talk about that next show. We got another caller. Let's bring him okay. in. Okay? okay. We got John. John, where are you calling from? Calling from Kansas. I've called you in before. Okay, yeah, John. John, go ahead. You remember me, Dave? Yes, of course I do. John, I remember you all as well. Go ahead, John. Yeah, John, go ahead. The question that I have for you, Mr. Duke. Yes, sir. About, again, the 
most what is the question that you all are proposing the most uh extra the great, a greater Thank existential you. threat to humanity. I have big lips. I'm sorry. No, that's I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> Ex- you don't have to apologize. Existential. Say the existential. Okay. Existential. okay. Like existentialism. So outside, outside. The great of philosophy of Marx. Outside. Of no yourself. existence. So the the greatest threat to your existence. Outside yes. of yourself. Existential. That means outside. Correct. No, no, no. Existential doesn't so mean like be an exit. So, it doesn't so mean like you're exiting something. No, existential means existence. Of, no, it's not of, about outside. No, it's no, about, I'm saying. When you say an existential internal, I understand threat, what you're saying. It's a threat to your existence. Okay. The biggest threat to our existence yes. would not be the Jew, but ourselves. Well, that, that's an interesting way to put it. And, it, and, it's and I, I base that off of what Christ taught the quote-unquote Jews. Or they, at that time, they weren't Jews, they were Israelites. Right. And he told them that it's not the Romans, it's not this, that, it's yourselves. And well, your own passions, your own desires. You yes. must defeat what's inside of you. And then the enemy would have nothing over you because the only thing the, only thing the enemy uses are things to, you know, lure you, tempt you. Fundamentally, in a spiritual way and a philosophical way, I 100% agree with that statement. It doesn't change the fact that there are certain outside forces, going back to what you said about outside of yourself, that are working for destruction, Right. that are destroying us, that are leading us to war and human death and destruction. But Christ leads us to life. Well, it's, of course, it's that's just a true. matter of us. That's not what I'm talking about at this those, moment. Those I, existential. Exist- well, exactly. I, I agree with that. Christ says that we have a fundamental obligation to defend humanity, as, as Christ defended even the uh, who was it, the adulterer woman, right? Who made some mistakes, and he said, "You who have uh, not committed stone or sin, you you throw the first stone." And he forgave her, and you know, and she said she was, she repented of it. Uh, but yeah, but but the idea is, in in my opinion, uh, is that you're of course we're right, and I think that's what God says. And I think this is true of white people today more than any other people, as well as all other people, really, in terms of the world. Jews are only one-fifth of 1% of the population. They have enormous power, though, 25% of billionaires, and they're organized for themselves, and they've controlled the most powerful nations on Earth, including America. But the truth is that we have enough smart people, enough people of brilliant intelligence, and who really have great knowledge in the sciences and every aspect of life. And uh, we have an obligation to being the best we can be. And we can't necessarily, uh, we can try to fight against these enemy invaders and these enemy destroyers who are trying to wipe us off the earth, which they're doing. But we also have to understand that the first and most important thing we do is we make ourselves fit. We make ourselves intelligent. We clean out the aspects of our character which are keeping us from becoming as great as we can be and as strong as we can be and as dedicated as we can be for the causes that we believe in. So I like what you said. I agree 
I didn't say it. Jesus said it. I know, but you repeated. You said it. Yeah, but you did. When you repeated that from the scriptures, you you basically said it. And and we're all saying those kind of lines, just like in the one I was talking about earlier. You know, know know the truth, and it shall set you free. That's in the same chapter of John where Christ talked about you and your fathers are the sons of the devil. And I'll see your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh, speaketh of his own essence because that's his essence and he's the father of a lie. I mean, that's amazing. And if you look at the world, what's going on now, this is a constant in the control of the media, in the control of government officials. Every single second, there seems to be another big giant lie staring us in the face. Those those words, those prophetic words and the brilliant words and truthful words of Christ, to me, are really, really powerful. And I think they lay out the biggest problem we face in the world is we have a world of lies. We have a media of lies. We have a fake news media, right? We've got a world of war. We've got a world of corruption. And, and lies about that by the people who control the nervous system of our people, which is, so to speak, the, the brain of our body of our people and the body of the people of the world. If you control the news media and you control the Wikipedia of the world and you control the search engines of the world, you can in many ways control the mind. We have got to seize the control of the mind the best we can over it. And we have got to soar through and learn what's true and what's not true. Sometimes by learning or reading between the lines and looking at the facts and then comparing them to the overreach that they present to us in the world, in their media. And then we have to use that truth to wake up people and point out that they're living in a dystopian world. And the truth that they represent is the truth. And we have to stand up for that. So I thank you so much for your fine comments. And uh, I appreciate your contribution to the show because pointing out that quote is a very good quote. And it shows that the volition that Christ and God has given us in terms of standing up and acting individually, we cannot blame this all on, say, Jews or blame it on whites who sold this out or blame it on other people who've done bad things. We have to first we can understand who the enemy is. We can understand the threat that they pose. But we have to understand the thing we're responsible for is how we behave and how we work and how we uh, stay true to our cause and how the sacrifices we're willing to make for ourselves and for our children, for all people. If we do that, you know, I'm absolutely certain we can defeat this enemy. Thank you so much for your comments. Thank you, Dr. Duke. Thank you, John. Or should, or should I say Brother Duke? That's fine, Brother Or should Duke. I say Pastor Duke? Come I'm on, Duke, you got me. You got me. My grandmother I said I was a prayer baby when my, when my doctors told my mother she never could have another child. And, and uh, my grandmother prayed for me, and she always told my mother, she said, and my father, she told him, that's my prayer baby. I know he's going to bro- grow up to be a preacher. They just didn't know exactly what kind of preacher I would turn out to be. <laughs> right. Thank hey, you thanks John. so much, Mr. Duke. Thank you so much. John, Mr. Hopefully okay. we'll see you next week, buddy. All right, guys. Hey, okay. thanks again. Thanks, man. Hang out. Yeah, so uh, what we're going to do, Dave, is uh, we don't have time for any more calls, but uh, can you just let the listeners know, because we don't do this do this enough, your prolific schedule, let them know where they can find you and what you would like them to know. 
Well, you can find me, of course, on the Rinse Radio Network, rinse.com. You can listen to it live. There's lots of different uh, programs you can use to do that. They also have a telephone number that you can use. So on your cell phone, most people have free long distance, of course, these days. And you can call the number and you can listen. That's easy. Just call up the phone and you'll pick right up into the show live at 10 o'clock in the morning, uh, every morning. Now, that's going to be central time, 11 Eastern, right, 8 a.m., you know, Pacific time. And different places of the world, you can also listen. And you can, and the network, you can find out when I'm scheduled to replay the broadcast. And you can go to the archives. And uh, the archives are pretty straightforward. You can also go to my website, davidduke.com, and just look on the first article. We don't update every archive, but you can always find the current archive by going to, uh, uh, I think we call it uh, Human Rights uh, radio, but it's 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 uh, it's HR HR yeah yeah right yeah and uh, you can you can anyway you can find the link and then you can just go to, to the date and you can hear the the show from that date so it's pretty easy awesome and and um, it's box one eight eight for those that want to send a contribution. We don't have enough money, and we, you know, not no. doing we're not Jews. It's not, not Jews. Yeah. Give the we full do need address. Some support Dave. right now. Give and, the full address. But the show is, I think, like today's show. I, I think this is as good, maybe as good even as better it than gets. any show we've done yet since we started. Uh, absolutely. Well, awesome, Dave. Thank you. Always great to see you and hear you. Uh, and listeners, thank you. Always great to hear all of you. Yeah, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I can't do the after party today. I've got to get No problem. We'll see you next week. Don't forget to tune in next Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern, for the Dave and Duke Call-In Show, where David Gahari and the incomparable Dr. David Duke will take your phone calls and discuss whatever questions you want to bring to the table. See you next Sunday.